Last night, I was invited to dinner by a parishioner at the cathedral. Father Nick, the parishioner, myself went to Barcelona, the restaurant, now where Kelly is going for fall break. In Barcelona, it's a pretty cool place. Well, there too, Kelly, but the restaurant. And I'm telling you this not because I want you, you to invite me out, but just in case the answer yes, I will go. So Barcelona, they have what they call tapas, like little uh, snacks that you kind of keep asking and they keep bringing. And there's one of the package that you do, like I think it's called a party uh, package, and they keep coming, just like God's love. It never stops. There, is, there was not like a main dish, so we just kept going, kind of kept eating tapas. The same way that kind of this gospel today is like a collage. Jesus, you know, sometimes we see the gospel, this whole story that goes, you know, this guy, you know, got his money or his dad's inheritance and he goes and spends the whole... So we have like a story and then, you know, he comes back and his uh, older brother gets mad of him. You know, kind of like a leash story. This is not the gospel today. Today it's like four, three like moments when Jesus talked about acceptance, hospitality, and scandal. So the first moment is when Jesus talked or teach us about acceptance. We see the intolerance of the Apostle John. Like Joshua in the first reading, he challenged someone who is not a member of the disciples, but is performing marvels that the disciples were commissioned to do. Maybe they were jealous. Maybe it was still a little bit of the taste of last week's gospel where they were talking about who's the greater between them. Someone was casting down demons in the name of Jesus. This man would have to possess some degree of faith in Jesus or he would never use Jesus' name. The exorcism he performed was successful. And we know this by the reading. And the motivation of this, so the, the, the exorcism was successful, and maybe that's why the disciples were mad. Jesus responded, unlike Moses, he does not question the motivation of his close companions. He authenticates the right of the other men to cast down demons. Jesus points that the man is not an enemy. As we pretty much know in the church, the spirit breathes whatever it wills. Sometimes we see people like, you doing this? Yeah. On the contrary, he is contributing with Jesus' ministry and he is happy for that. It is important the work of the reign of God be done. In the second moment, Jesus justifies the works of mercy performed in his name. Not only he commend, it's commendable, he will reward regardless how insignificant they might appear. And he talks about a cup of water. Yesterday, most of the day in the rectory, we had no water. 
those nice people from the construction zone bust the water pipe. I don't like those people. So we spend the whole day with our water directory. And it's just like something like small like that that we don't realize until we don't have it. But even in Jesus' time, it's even more than that. Because, you know, in the desert and in places like that, water can be, difference, can be the difference between life and death. And the other thing is God asks us whatever we do to do with great love. So that's the second point. The third point, Jesus warns against giving scandal. The little ones. Some of the scholars tell us that the little ones are children. But others tell us the little ones are the ones who believe in Jesus. And the phrase warns the same. Those who cause Christians to sin will be severely, severely punished. Jesus is addressing the disciples when he struck them to take drastic means, if necessary, against falling into sin. Hands, feet, eyes are important. But enjoying life in the reign of God is more important. Jesus is not asking us to self-modulate or anything like that. If you have any questions about eyes and stuff like that, you can ask Kevin. He can tell you more about it. But the point here is, how is a fi our fight against sin? Do we really fight against sin? Or do we kind of use sin just like, you know, Jesus is telling us the seriousness of sin. And invite us to reconciliation. But I question you today. Why do you go to confession? A lot of times we see people that go to confession because they know that they cannot go to communion until they go. And that's a good motivation. That's okay. Do we go to confession to be a better version of ourselves? Or do we just use confession just because we know that we are more seen and, you know, therefore I cannot receive communion until this? Why do we go to confession? Do we really have intention to change? And we know that we can change by ourselves. We know that we cannot change just because, you know, I, I'm the first one here, don't worry, I got this. We have to count on God's grace to change. But we have to fight. Especially when we have those, you know, sins that we commit over and over and over again. How are we changing our lives? Do we go to Jesus and ask him to help us on those sins? Or do we just presume of God's mercy and say, hey, I'm going to go to confession anyway. Let's just join sin. Why do we go to confession? Do we go to confession to change, to allow Jesus to change our lives, to be a better version of ourselves? And it's kind of, you know, 
UCAT has, I think, I don't want to be prideful or anything like that, but I think we have the most hours of confession of any other church in the Diocese of Na Nashville. I don't know other dioceses. I have an hour of confession every, more, every afternoon from, from 4.30 to 5.30. We have an hour of confession before Mass at 9 p.m. from 7.30 to 8.30. Take that opportunity. Last week I was in the confession just waiting for people to show up and then Sarah started to text me and I was texting back and forth and she said, aren't you supposed to be in confession? I said, I'm in the box but there's no clients. So I'm doing, doing a, little, a little commercial. Monday to, to Thursday, 4.30 to 5.30. And Jesus talks about the seriousness of sin. Because the other alternative to the, to the reign of God is Gehenna. And Gehenna is a valley just outside Jerusalem where early Canaanites once offered human sacrifice. The Israelites turned this sacrilegious site into a garbage heap where refuse was constantly being burned. They stained that arose from that site was a constant reminder of corruption. Gehenna became a symbol of the unquenchable fire of afterlife. In other words, that, all that image that we have about hell comes from here. The fire that is always burning. Don't go there. So, Jesus talked about those three things. Acceptance. Bring all in. Bring everybody in. Talks about hospitality. Even a simple cup of water makes the difference. And he talks about a scandal. Do not cause any of those little ones to sin. Isn't that what discipleship is about? That opportunity that we have to do what we call to do? That opportunity that we have to be doing what Jesus asked us to do? So one day, we get to heaven. One day we have the opportunity to see him face to face. That's why we come back every week. That's why most of us come back every day to Mass. That's why we pray every day. Because we need, and we know we are not naive. Well, most of the times. We know that we cannot do by ourselves. We know that we can't do by our own strength. And if you did not know that, I'm telling you, you can't. Wake up. We need Jesus to help us. And how does he do that? With his example of the cross. With sacrifice. That is the life that we are called to do. The other week I was talking to some Married men, we have uh, this group called the Brosefinen. And they were, we were talking about, you know, sacrifice about, most of them are married. Nick is going to be married next week, so now he's, he can be officially part of the group. But how much they sacrifice? How much their lives with their wives? And there's one of them had eight kids. I don't want five, I don't want three. This is what sacrifice is about. And we are called to sacrifice. 
And you know, it's a daily thing. We can't just wait, oh, you know, I'm too busy now, or I'm in college, or whatever excuse we always, you know, put on. We are called to sacrifice. Why? Because that's the example that Jesus gave to each one of us, the cross. It's hard. It is. I know. And I know so many times in my life I don't want to do it. So many times, you know, after a busy day and everything, but then I go, you know, go to bed really late and I say, it's worth. It is worth. And that's what we invited to do, each one of us. Don't wait until later on because we never know if tomorrow is going to happen. Centuries of Lisier, the day we celebrate next Friday. So that's something that to love, I only have today. I only have today to love. That love that I do not desire, that I did not decide it, if I, it's gone by tomorrow. And why can we love? How can we love? We can love because Jesus loved us first. That's why. That's the example that he gives us every day. Let's do it.